the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN Verse by Verse. Sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. You see, the system is coming at us so fast that we're not even aware of it. It's coming at us from television, magazines, the movies, music, business, school, friends. At work, you've got people to want to, who want to climb the ladder of success. And they don't care who they step on to get to the top. And you look at that and you, well, it worked for him or her. I'll do it. At work, you've got men making advances at women. You have divorced women who encourage married women to be their own person and forget about the guys that they, the guy that they live with, their husband. I mean, all this is coming and they, they look at you and they say, how could you be submissive? Why, that, that went out a hundred years ago. You're old fashioned. It's the spirit of this age. The spirit of this age is sneaky. It's subtle, it's attractive, and it's poisonous to the genuine Christ follower. Today on Verse by Verse, Pastor Steve Kreloff will show us from the Bible how we can resist the temptation to go with the flow so that we can stand out as beacons of light in a dark, dark world. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. He is leading us in a series of lessons from the book of Romans. Today we will conclude a three-part message addressing the first two verses of chapter 12. In these two verses, Paul gave us two things that are sensible responses to God's amazing grace. The first was to present our bodies to God for His service. Here's Pastor Steve to talk about the second response. But secondly, there is a second step. First step is a response to the mercies of God. Secondly, there must be a resistance to the world's thinking. A resistance to the world's thinking. Look at verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world. Now, I have to admit that as I've studied it this week, this phrase has caught my attention more than any other part of this passage. It's just grabbed my attention and it hasn't let go. Do not be conformed to this world. The thought here is that they were conforming to the world, and Paul is saying, stop it. It's not that he's saying, look, I'm going to warn you about what the world's going to do. He's saying, stop it. Stop it. And the thought here, let me paraphrase it, is stop letting the world squeeze you into its mold. Just stop it. Resist the world's thinking. Stop letting them squeeze you into their mold. What does conform mean? This is going to bring out the richness of it. Conform or conformity means to assume an outward expression that does not come from within. Isn't that interesting? It's it's so wonderful when you see the words that the Holy Spirit uses here. In other words, don't be something on the outside that you aren't on the inside. That's the thought. Don't act like the world when you are not a part of the world. Let me let me explain this by quoting 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 14. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. In other words, he's saying, look, 
you are children of God now, so don't be conformed to the way you were when you were children of Satan. That's the thought. Let your conformity, let your, let your outward conformity be consistent with what you really are on the inside. Don't be something on the outside that you aren't on the inside. You see, we're regenerated children of God. We have a divine nature. That's what being born again is all about. It is not just a cliche. It means that the life of God has come into you. You have been regenerated. And therefore, we are not to be conformed to the world. We are to act like children of God. Very interesting. You see this word, world? It ought not to be translated world. It ought to be translated age. And the thought here, and it's very similar to the way to the world, but the thought here is the spirit of the age. Don't be like the spirit of this world. I want you to understand that worldliness is not a list of forbidden activities. That's not worldliness at all. Worldliness is an attitude. It is a philosophy of life. The spirit of the age. Every generation of Christians needs to hear the same thing. Stop letting the spirit of this age mold you into whatever it wants to mold you and conform you to be something that you really aren't. My heart, I suppose, is continually broken over Christians who conform to the world's thinking. The spirit of this age can be summed up in the expression self-centeredness. That is the spirit of this age. The advancement of self. What's in it for me? The pursuit of happiness. What do I get out of it? That's the spirit of this age. You want to know how, how Paul explains it? In 2 Timothy. These are, you don't need to turn there, but you, you should write this down. And you should get the tape on this and review it. 1 Timothy, or 2 Timothy chapter 3. But realize this, Timothy, in the last days difficult times will come, for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brooders, uh, brutal rather, haters of God, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Now watch this, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. They're religious on top of it all. That's the world that we live in. That's the world that we live in. And Galatians chapter 1, verse 4, Paul says that Christ has redeemed us from the spirit of this age. We're, we're to be different than the world. But this world is so concerned about advancement of self. Live for self. And we don't even realize it, but this philosophy has gripped the lives of Christians and it is literally choking Bible-believing churches where people who claim to know Christ and believe the truth never act the truth. Look at the stuff we see on television. Just take that. And I'm not one that says everything on television is, is bad, but I'm one that says most of what's on television is bad. You can't watch one hour. It would be a rarity if you could watch one hour without seeing repeated murders, illicit sexual advances, revenge, hatred, violence, selfish ambition, lying, deceit, and on and on it goes. And you'd see it over and over and over again. Watching something on television recently, man learned that his 15-year-old son had had his first sexual relationship. Know what his counsel was? Take any precaution. Take any precaution. That was it. Nothing of godliness. Nothing of the horrors 
of a 15-year-old. But you see, if you, if you fill your mind with that stuff, you begin to think like that. Christians can begin to think like that. We look at murders and we, oh, where's the sanctity of life? They're only actors, right? You see that enough. And you begin to be molded into that. You see lying and deceit and it doesn't seem that bad. I mean, Hollywood even makes you laugh at it. It's humorous to see people killed. So is it any wonders that Christians are having all kinds of problems? They hate to. They're vengeful. They're involved in immorality. They have selfish ambition to be rich. And they think that it's spiritual to have that kind of ambition. They lie. They deceive. You see, the system is coming at us so fast that we're not even aware of it. It's coming at us from television, magazines, the movies, music, business, school, friends. At work, you've got people to want to, who want to climb the ladder of success, and they don't care who they step on to get to the top. And you look at that, and you, well, it worked for him or her. I'll do it. At work, you've got men making advances at women. You have divorced women who encourage married women to be their own person and forget about the guys that they, the guy that they live with, their husband. I mean, all of this is coming, and they, they look at you, and they say, how could you be submissive? Well, that, that went out a hundred years ago. You're old-fashioned. It's the spirit of this age. Script our, our, our Christian community. This last week, I had the opportunity of speaking uh, chapel to our fifth and sixth graders at Lakeside Christian School. I began to sp- I, I did speak on this, Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, and I, and I wanted to deal with conformity to this world. And I dealt with things like rock music and other things of that issue. I'm telling you, they looked at me like, what planet have you just come from? When did you fly in? Where have you been? Never felt so old in all of my life. <laughs> but you speak about the high standards of God, and, and, and our young people obviously... Are, are not getting or are getting this from their parents think that it's really strange that anyone would, would even challenge it. Conform to this world. It's all around us. It's all around us. I, I spoke to someone a while back, a few years ago, who wanted to sue a Christian organization. You know what he said to me? I think I've told you this before. He said, Pastor, you'll have to tell me a reason better than that the Bible says not to for me not to. And my response was, Why? Why is there any reason? Why does any reason have to be given other than the Bible says so? You see, but he lives in the world that sues. You don't like somebody? Somebody's done an injustice to you? Sue them. doesn't matter if the Bible says don't do that. Be cheated rather than sue. That's the spirit of this age. Someone comes to me and they say, I really, I have a problem with this person. I'm so mad at this person. I say, have you ever thought of forgiving? Forgiveness? Oh, it's like a new word. Whoever speaks of forgiveness anymore? The world certainly doesn't. Who would think such a thing like forgiveness? As if I'm as if I'm brilliant to come up with that. See, you're never so worldly as when you're thinking about yourself. That's that's worldliness. Thinking about yourself. That's the spirit of the sage. You've conformed to the spirit of the sage when you're not forgiving, when you're not walking in humility. When you aren't interested in ministering, do you know that's worldliness and and conforming to the spirit of the sage? If you come to this church with the attitude of, serve me, I'm here. Nobody's friendly to me. That is worldliness. Because it's saying, I'm concerned about self more than I'm concerned about ministry. That's worldliness. Meet my needs. Concern yourself with my feelings. My happiness is all that counts. Well, maybe yours a little bit, but mine mostly. 
That's the spirit of this age. That's conformity. And the Christian is told to stop thinking like that. Resist the world's thinking. Now the question is, how do you do that? How do you resist the world's thinking? You can't resist the world's thinking by saying, I'm not going to think about it anymore. can't do that. If I told you not to think about the number eight, you couldn't stop thinking about the number eight. You have to substitute something in its place. Now, don't think about the number eight. Okay, think about the message. First step is a response to God's mercy. Secondly, resist the world's thinking. But for a true commitment and total commitment, there must be the third step, a renewing of your mind. You have to renovate your mind. You have to think differently. Paul says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Remember what conformity means? An outward expression that does not reflect the true inward uh, essence of a person. Transformed means just the opposite. It means an outward form that does reflect the true inner self. Just the opposite. It's precious how the Holy Spirit has put this here. Conformity, outward expression, is not corresponding to inward reality. Transformity, outward expression, does conform to and reflect the inner self. This word is uh, metamorphome, from which we get our term metamorphosis. And what is a metamorphosis? It is a change from within. It is a change from inside out is what a caterpillar does as the caterpillar becomes a beautiful butterfly. It is, an, it is a change on the outward which comes first inward, an inward change to the outward. Our Lord in Matthew chapter 17 was metamorphosized. In Matthew chapter 17, when he went up to the Mount of Transfiguration or Transformation, the Bible says, and he was transfigured before them. In other words, he was metamorphosized before them and his face shone like the sun and his garments became as white as light. Jesus veiled the glory of God that was in him by flesh. The glory of God became man and he veiled that flesh and it was as if the Lord just pulled back the veil, and the glory shown out, that is to be transformed. What's in you comes outside and is reflected by your behavior. An external form that truly reflects what's on the inside. Now God says that a total commitment to him demands a continual outward behavior that reflects the new nature. It is not enough to just present yourself. It is not enough to just say, I'm not going to think like the world. There must be that outward, continual outward behavior that comes from the inside, a lifestyle. And the only way to do this, now watch this, the only way to have this outward, continual behavior lifestyle is by what Paul says, the renewing of your mind. The mind must be constantly renovated. You know what renovate means? It means to make clean, to clean up. And this is constant. Just like the presenting of yourselves as a once and for all thing. So this is a constant thing. This is not once and for all. This is a continual thing. You must clean up your mind. You must think on the right thoughts. And what are those thoughts? Thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against thee. Let the word of Christ, Colossians 3.16 says, dwell in you richly. When the word of God continually renovates your mind, you won't conform to the spirit of this age but you'll see through its ridiculous stupidities. 
you'll see, you begin to see life through the minds of the Lord Jesus Christ. His values, his wisdom, his priorities, his motives. You'll be able to look at that dumb stuff and say, that's exactly what it is. It is dumb stuff. It is the spirit of this age. And you'll say no to it. Instead, you'll think God's thoughts after him. You see, it's to saturate your mind with the word of God, the word of God, the word of God. You know, if we spent as much time in God's word as we do watching television or recreation, we'd be a different people. We'd have a renewed mind. It's a discipline. It may not even be enjoyable. It is a discipline. You see, only a renewed mind can resist conformity to this world. If you don't take in the word of God on a regular basis, you will be just like the world. You will claim to know Christ, but you will live completely opposite. By your behavior, we couldn't tell you apart from an unsaved person. The only thing that separates you is that you claim to know Christ. Quite frankly, that's the state of which most evangelicals are at. Because the word of God is not a priority. They do not take it in. But a renewed mind sees that the goal of life isn't to please self, but to please God by submitting to his will. And that's why I don't need to have to tell people, why don't you forgive this person? They ought to know that. When something comes up, your mind ought to say forgiveness. I mean, 15 verses ought to flash through your mind. That's a renewed mind. And that's how you resist the world. You have no armor to resist the world apart from a renewed mind. And when your mind is renewed, you'll see that life is to please God and not yourself. And that's why Paul concludes in verse 2 by saying that you may prove what the will of God is. The will of God meaning that which is good and acceptable and perfect. When your mind is saturated with God's word, you fill your mind with the word of God. The result will be not so much to prove. The word here is not really to prove so much as it is to approve. You will approve what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's not that you try to figure it out. It's just that uh, that's the evidence of total commitment. When you take in the word of God on a regular basis, you become desirous and you approve of God's will. Because you've discovered by dwelling on the word of God that God's will is good for you. And God's will pleases him to do it. And God's will is perfect. So you don't have a struggle with God's will. And he's not telling you about figuring out what the will of God is. He's saying what the revealed will of God is, if you renew your mind, you'll want to do it rather than your own selfish will. And isn't that the issue of total commitment? In other words, the more we allow God's word, which is his will, to control us, the more we'll delight in his will. If you struggle with doing what God wants, it's because you're not letting God's word dwell in you richly. I want to close with this, though I don't want your minds to close. So the letter, a letter that Billy Graham first read that was written by an American college student who had been converted to communism in Mexico. And the purpose of the letter was to explain to his fiancée why he must break off their engagement. You want to hear about total commitment? This is it. We communists have a high casualty rate. We're the ones who get shot and hung and lynched and tarred and feathered and jailed and slandered and ridiculed and fired from our jobs and in every other way made as uncomfortable as possible. A certain percentage of us get killed or imprisoned. We live in virtual poverty. We turn back to the party every penny we make above what is absolutely necessary to keep us alive. We communists don't have the time or the money for many movies or concerts or T-bone steaks or decent homes and new cars. We've been described as fanatics. We are fanatics. Our lives are dominated by one great overshadowing factor, the struggle for world communism. 
We communists have a philosophy of life, which no amounts of money could buy. We have a cause to fight for, a definite purpose in life. We subordinate our petty, personal selves into a great movement of humanity, and if our, if our personal lives seem hard, or our egos appear to suffer through subordination to the party, then we are adequately compensated by the thought that each of us, in a small way, is contributing to something new and true and better for mankind. There is one thing in which I am in dead earnest, and that is the communist cause. It is my life, my business, my religion, my hobby, my sweetheart, my wife and mistress, my bread and meat. I work at it in the daytime and dream of it at night. It, its hold on me grows, not lessens as time goes on. Therefore, I cannot carry on a friendship, a love affair, or even a conversation without relating it to this force which both drives and guides my life. I evaluate people, books, ideas, actions according to how they affect the communist cause and by their attitude toward it. I've already been in jail because of my ideas, and if necessary, I'm ready to go before a firing squad. Talk about total commitment. That's it. Wrong cause, but total commitment. God says you have the right cause. You have the right cause, based on how merciful he is to you. He doesn't ask you to do all these things that even this man did. All he asks is for yourself. That's it. When he's got you, he's got everything. Let's bow for prayer. I urge you, by the mercies of God, to present yourself to him. We're not even going to sing a song. I don't, I don't even want to put anybody in, in a bind feeling like they've got to go through the motions because everybody is watching. It doesn't matter who's watching. But it has to be a personal decision. You must decide to present yourselves to him. If you've done that already, then renew that commitment. Renew it. Renew it every day. If you've never totally committed yourself to Christ, then do it now. Do it this afternoon. Do it sometime. But do it. Respond to his mercies. Resist the world's thinking. So subtle. World's thinking is so subtle. And then renew your mind. Take in the word of God and take it in continually. If you don't know Christ, I urge you to come to him to recognize that he is merciful. He wants to forgive your sins. And he will if you'll trust Christ's death for you. Christ and him alone. Not going to church, not being religious, but Christ alone that he paid for your sins. You trust him for the forgiveness of your sins. He did it all. All you have to do is trust it and receive that gift. We invite you to come up after the service if we could be of any help, whether you don't know Christ or do know Christ in any way. Father, we say with Paul, we say this is logical. This is reasonable. This is not unreasonable for you to say, to, to give us, to give ourselves to you. And I pray that you'll help each one here who's never made that, that decision to do it because it's so reasonable. Lord, I pray for so many who live in carnality and justify it by the lives of those around them. They think that's normal. May you bring such deep conviction that the only normal thing that we have to do is give you ourselves. Lord, may you help us to be a people who know that we have to resist the world's thinking at our jobs, at home, with people that we have to think differently. And Lord, help us to fill our minds with the truth. It's not that difficult to study the Bible. It just takes determination. Help us to be like that. Help us to be different. Help us to... to 
reflect that we are obedient children. So take your word, Lord. Apply it to hearts that need to respond properly. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Steve, for those helpful methods that we can use to withstand the pressure the world puts on us to conform. And thank you for tuning in today. You have been listening to Verse by Verse, a daily Bible class of the air taught by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. This has been a production of Verse by Verse Ministries, a faith ministry supported by our listeners. You can learn more about us and how to become a supporter yourself by visiting our website, versebyverseradio.org. You can also listen to or download today's class or go to the archives page and pick up any previous lessons you would like. That's versebyverseradio.org. To order a CD or a cassette with this entire three-part message, please call us at 727-239-0306. This is Peter Silsaf, and I hope to see you next time on Verse by Verse. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's versebyverseradio.org. We are here to give you strength between... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.